Hey, this is Andrew Emerson with Calvary Tabernacle. This is our third episode of our podcast from Calvary Tabernacle. I am Andrew Emerson, your host. So excited to bring you this episode today, a message entitled, Waiting on the Lord. I want to get right into it and let Pastor Vickery take it away. Our pastor preached this message a couple weeks ago at our Winnie campus on Sunday, and he also preached it at our Beaumont campus. It's just a powerful message, an astounding word of God that we should wait on the Lord. A lot of times we may think we know what that means, and it sounds like we're sitting in a chair waiting on God to do something. But the truth is, waiting on the Lord has a deeper definition than what we really think. Waiting on the Lord is about serving God and doing everything we can for His kingdom. That we're not just going to sit back and do nothing, but we're going to get our hands to the plow and get busy doing something for God so that God can work through us and we can be a vessel in His kingdom, a vessel that He can use in this world. You, if you can't tell, I really believe in servanthood. The point of this message, though, is not that we wait on God, but that we become available to God. That the essence of that scripture, they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. The essence of that scripture is that we become available, keyword, to God. So our availability determines whether we are used in the kingdom of God or not. How many people have said it and have believed I want to be used of God, had a desire in their heart to be used of God, but never became available in his kingdom, never told a friend, never told a fellow minister, hey, I want to help you. Let me know how I can help you. We never really become available. So we sit on the pew for so many years waiting on God to drop a ministry in our lap. But there's ministries all around us. So I encourage you today, if you can't, I'm standing up right now. If you can't tell, I am excited about this message. I encourage you today to become available in the kingdom of God. If you want to do something for God, become available to God. If he he wants to use you, his desire is to use you. Remember, Jesus said that if you'll be faithful over small things, I'll make you ruler over many things. God is looking and searching for people to be used in his kingdom. The first thing we've got to do is become available to his kingdom and to be servants in his kingdom. I know this message today is going to empower you and challenge you to become a servant and become available in his kingdom. And that is the essence of waiting upon the Lord, that you become available to him. You're not just sitting on a pew waiting for God to drop ministry in your lap, but you're actually doing something and becoming available to him and to people around you. Well, let's get into it. I'm going to let Pastor Vickery take it away, preaching a message entitled, Waiting on the Lord. God bless you. If you enjoy this message today, don't forget to hit subscribe. Without further ado, Pastor Carl Vickery. God bless you today.
chapter 40 and verse 31. Simply says, but they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Now before you feel like I just pulled that out because y'all sung it. The Lord woke me up about 2.30 this morning and gave this word into my spirit. To prove that, if you was to go online and listen to the sermon this morning at our Beaumont campus, I preached from this exact verse. I don't believe God woke me up to speak a word to just the Beaumont campus. I pastor one church. We're just located at two campuses. And I believe God woke me up at 2.30 to speak to the whole church. So I, I know Brother Charles and Sister Debbie have heard this, but they can even tell you it's always just a little bit different. <laughs> but they can testify that. I know y'all didn't know that when y'all sung this and practice it for a month. But God ordains everything. And we're in the perfect will of God. And I have no doubt that his presence has come to confirm this is where we're at and what we need to hear from heaven this afternoon. I want to talk to you a little bit this afternoon on this subject, waiting on the Lord. In Jesus' name, God, I love you today. You're an awesome God. There's none above you. There's none beside you. Lord, there's none like unto you, for you are great and greatly to be praised. I ask you, Lord, that you would anoint my mouth, my mind, my spirit today. Help me to declare the word of the Lord in the name of Jesus to this church, to this people, for this time. In Jesus' name. Somebody shout amen. 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 You may be seated. Clap your hands unto the Lord if you don't mind. I, I think we misread or misinterpret this particular passage. I, I truly do. I believe that God is talking about a subject. And when you study Isaiah chapter 40, you begin to understand this subject even more so than possibly what 31 alludes to. And so when you begin to look at this, I realize that it's not evident on the surface. That you don't see it right off top. In other words, it don't just jump out at the page when you hear, but they that wait upon the Lord. How many would like to have your strength renewed? Because that is the promise, right? He says, they that wait upon the Lord, they shall renew their strength. He says, they shall mount up on wings with eagles. Understand, they shall mount up with wings as the eagles do. Anybody want to really fly? In other words, you, you, you want to get out of where you're at. There, that's the promise. The promise is, look, you're going to, to, to not be weary. There, there is a, you're going to renew your strength. You're going to mount up with wings as eagles. And, and, and so if that is true, 
and you want to, to renew your strength. Uh, you want to renew your passion. Uh, you want to renew your vigor. Uh, you want to renew, uh, understand, and not uh, grow weary. Then it is important that we learn then uh, how to wait uh, because that is the condition uh, of the promise. Uh, he didn't say you're going to renew your strength. Uh, he didn't say you're going to mount up on wings as eagles. Uh, he said they that wait uh, upon the Lord, uh, they shall renew their strength. Uh, they shall mount up uh, on eagle's wings. Uh, and so the question that ought to haunt uh, every mind in this house uh, is, Lord, teach me then uh, how to wait. Uh, because if I want my strength renewed, uh, if I want to mount up uh, with wings as eagles, uh, then I must, if you will, uh, learn how to wait. I get this idea that there's more to waiting than what we've preached. I get this concept blaring from the page at me that there is more to waiting than what we've just sung about. In fact, when I begin to look at this, I've got to go just a little bit here. When I begin to look at this, it makes me think of one word. And I found this process in the book of Samuel. We get our baby dedication from Samuel where the Bible says that Hannah lent or gave Samuel back to the Lord. But when you look at that concept, then you find how he was given. He was not given to become the priest. He was not given to become the prophet. He was not given, if you will, to become the next man of God. The Bible simply says that he was given to serve. And the Bible says he served Eli and he served the house of God he was a servant I, I, I know that you know some of you probably would get upset right now if I spent maybe some of you might even leave if I told you that I was going to speak for the next 10 to 15 minutes on what it means to serve the Lord some of you would get upset and mad and say oh God don't let him talk to us about serving the Lord not after a weekend where we have wore ourselves out uh, uh, trying to make battle of the badge a success. Uh, not on a weekend uh, where I picked up tables uh, and I unloaded chairs uh, and I uh, unloaded trucks. Uh, surely not. He's not going to talk uh, about serving the Lord today. Uh, well, I've got some bad news. Uh, I'm going to spend the next 10 uh, to 15 minutes uh, talking uh, about serving uh, the Lord. I don't know what's happened to us and I'm not picking on anybody today I really am not I don't know what has happened to us but we are, are, are not servants anymore matter of fact um, we've lost the idea of serving Jesus said I don't have a spot to lay my head I don't know where my next meal's coming from the foxes have holes and the birds have nests, but the Son of Man hath nowhere with to lay his head. And when we begin to think of serving, uh, I, I, I've seen it, uh, where we begin to realize and say, well, if I'm going to do that, uh, then I want the corner office. Uh, well, if I'm going to do that, uh, then I want my own parking spot. Uh, well, if I'm going to do that, uh, then bless God, I want someone uh, to appreciate me uh, and I want a title and a position. Uh, and, and the truth is we want more than what Jesus had. If we're going to do a work for God, we require, require more than what Jesus required. 
Jesus said, I don't know where I'm going to sleep. Well, bless God, I would do it, but God's going to have to make a way. Jesus said, I don't know, I'm just doing what my father told me. I don't know if he's going to make a way. I don't know what kind of way is going to be made. I don't have to have the promise of tomorrow. I don't have to have the promise of next week. I don't have to know I'm going to be blessed. That's what every young minister wants to know. If I give up my job, pastor, will I be blessed? I wish we would get honest and say, I don't know. You may be eating uh, not, you know, spam sandwiches the rest of your life uh, But I promise you this uh, You won't be disappointed uh, I promise you this uh, There's not a better way to be spent uh, There's not a better way to serve I mean, I'm not picking, uh, but I hope uh, that, uh, you know, that I can break some ideas uh, that we have got about serving uh, Because when we think about serving, uh, we say, well, I'll lead that And by leader, I mean boss we, we, uh, we've lost the concept of real leadership because we really believe that a leader is the guy that is the boss uh, and the boss is not necessarily understand a servant uh, a leader is someone who serves uh, but no one wants to serve uh, and can I help you today in a hurry uh, but there are some things uh, that you cannot get uh, until you serve uh, there are some things in God uh, that he will never reveal to you uh, he will never show you you'll never understand uh, until you begin uh, to know what it's like uh, being a servant uh, until you're willing to serve there's revelations that you won't get until you're willing to serve there is understanding that you won't get until you're willing to serve there is blessings that you will never get from God I'm not being ugly, but we've lost this concept of what true servanthood is all about. Because our concept is, let's make a deal. God, I'll do this if you do this. God, I'll do this if you'll let me do this. God, I'll be, and I'm not picking on you, but I've known a lot of youth pastors that they were just youth pastor so that they could be pastor. I'm not being ugly, but that's the only reason. I'm not saying that about you. That was the only reason they were youth pastor. It's because, uh, well, I'm just doing my time uh, until I can be the boss. Uh, well, I'm just putting that. They didn't care about young people. They didn't care if young people grew. They didn't care if young people made it. They didn't care if youth service was awesome. They didn't care if young people became men and women of God. They were just there until that pastoral call come. And can I help you? That pastoral call never come. And for those that it did come, they were unsuccessful as a pastor. Because the truth is, until you learn what it is to serve, there are some revelations, there are some understandings, there are some gifts of God that you don't get until you learn how to serve. I got tickled. I got tickled because we were in Turkey and we would come up to cities and Brother Robinson would say, there's 500,000 here. Thank you, Brother Jerry, so much. But Brother Robinson would say, there's five, this is a city of 500,000, no church. No pastor. He'd come to another city. Oh, this got two million in it. Uh, no church. Uh, no city. Uh, Brother Vicar, if I just had a little help, uh, if I just had a few good men and women uh, that wanted to serve. Uh, he said, but I don't get anybody that wants to serve. Uh, I get people that want to be the next in charge. Uh, I get people that want to be the next head missionary. Uh, I get people that want to make their resume look good for the church that they want to go out for. I get people that want to have their next position at headquarters. Uh, he said, but if I just had somebody uh, that would serve. And I said, my God, we got all these licenses ministers uh, that are sitting on pews uh, understand that are not doing anything uh, and you got entire cities uh, that don't have one apostolic man uh, to go and declare the word of the Lord uh, what is wrong with us 
And I, I, know, I know we think, well, if I just had this and I just had that. Here's what he told me. They, they were there. They can back this up. Uh, they said, you know what I've learned, Brother Vickery? If you haven't had any success in America, you're probably not going to have any success uh, in Turkey either. Uh, in other words, uh, it, well, it tells me uh, you don't need a foreign field. Uh, if you want to serve God, uh, you can serve. Uh, understand? Matter of fact, uh, when I read my Bible, the only opening position in the kingdom uh, is an opening position of being a servant. Uh, that's the only job application there is. That is the only one. He says, God says, I got one job. It's called servant. Apply inside. If you want it, then come on in and say, hey, I don't worry about position. I'm not worried about a title. I'm not worried about what it looks like. I want to serve. I mean, you imagine what would happen if we all begin to realize, hey, I'm here to serve. Uh, I, I'm not here for the titles. Uh, I'm not here for the accolades. Uh, I'm not here so that everybody can look at me. Uh, I know it sounds cool, and, and I'm going to tell you, it feels cool when you call up and say, we appreciate you, Pastor. And I mean, I thank you. all That video made my day. Uh, I'm not bragging. I'm just telling you, that video made my day. Just laughing. Uh, and, 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 and when Sister, you know, just the way it fell out, but when Sister Cassie said, he's crazy, that just made my day. I just, I, I I'm just being honest. I'm not bragging. I'm just trying to let you know it feels good. But can I tell you, everybody wants that part of it. But nobody wants the serving part. Nobody wants the three o'clock mornings. Nobody wants the the all night. I mean, you understand. I'm not bragging. I'm not bragging on myself. I'm saying, when are we going to get to the place that says God called me to serve? I don't care if it's cooking chicken. I don't care if it's playing the guitar. I don't care whatever I can do. I've come to serve. You imagine, I, I gotta hurry. I know I gotta hurry. And so, when you get to the place Samuel served Eli, Samuel served, I mean, we like to think Samuel's an awesome guy. Let me tell you about his days. He washed Eli's feet. He wore, when Eli needed water, guess who went and got it? It was Samuel. When Eli needed a lamp uh, because that one had went out, guess who went and got the oil? You matter how many times. Now understand what this process was. Uh, they would have to go all the way down to the creek. Uh, they would pitch some well, a well water or creek water, wherever that was at. You imagine Eli getting up. You know, he's an older man. The Bible says that he had grown old and his eyes had gotten dim uh, and his earring has gotten dimmer. Uh, understand? And, and, and you imagine that old man getting up at five in the morning looking at a young man and saying, hey, go get me some water. Huh? You imagine what Samuel's day was like. Uh, five o'clock in the morning. You thought you had it bad. Uh, five o'clock in the morning uh, and an old man is looking at you and saying, wait a minute. Uh, I need some water. What do you need water for? Well, because I'm thirsty. You know, you have to be different. I need holy water. <laughs> We're about to anoint this person with holy water and get, watch them get healed. It wasn't that. I'm just thirsty. Get up and get it. Then we find that Later in life, Samuel's there serving the Lord and he's had a rough day of cleaning. You imagine all the gold in the temple had to be waxed. Couldn't grow dull. The Bible, Brother Kobe says, the lamp could never go out. Guess whose job it was to make sure that the lamp never went out? Well, it was the priest's responsibility. But I'm just guessing that got delegated. (laughs) To Samuel. I mean, I mean let's, let's, Eli's getting old. Who do you think actually got the oil? 
and made sure that the ant lamp or the oil in the lamp uh, never went dry. Uh, I don't see Eli at 80 years old uh, going, let me check this oil. Uh, I'm sure that was, hey, don't let that lamp go out, Samuel. And here it is. He's had a rough day of filling lamps. Uh, he's had a rough day. Imagine who baked the showbread. I don't find uh, Eli getting up uh, and saying, let me bake the 12 loaves of showbread every day. I think that was, hey, Samuel. Got a little bread that needs to be made. And so after a day of baking showbread and changing the oil in the lamp, and, and now you imagine they did sacrifices nearly every day. Who do you think's job it was to haul off the carcasses of the sacrifices and the hides and all of the tools being cleaned when it's all over? Who do you think cleaned up that bloody altar? Who do you think cleaned up that brazen laver? Who do you think brought up, understand and made sure that the curtains didn't have a tear? Who do you think made sure that everything was ready for the next service? When the, You understand, Eli went on to bed. But guess whose job it was to make sure everything was ready for tomorrow? Samuel. And after all of that, Samuel lays down. And he's tired. He's a little older now. He's not a kid. And about, I'm going to say 12 o'clock at night. You know, just when you get in that first ream of sleep. I mean, where, where you are sawing logs, buddy. You're tired. The Lord steps in. Samuel, at 12 o'clock, why can't God let that boy rest? Because he's a servant. I don't want God waking me up at 3 o'clock. Don't worry, he won't. I don't want God waking me up. I mean, Sister Ruth, you remember when preachers used to say all the time, God woke me up this morning. God woke me up. Now, we don't hear that much anymore because we're not servants anymore. God's knocking on the, on the door, and the truth is they're not listening because God's got some things to say. And, and for some reason, we don't have near enough hearing, and thus saith the Lord. And so here Samuel is. He says, Samuel, and the Bible says, you read this, the Bible says that he jumped up. You know what that tells me? He was in bed. Samuel. Yes. I, he answered Eli. He says, here I am. Here I am. You imagine the, 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 the action and the hunger in his voice. I mean, he just, he knew this. Here's the problem. Eli is, is not calling him. But when you truly have a pastor... The voice of God will always sound like his voice. Understand what I'm saying? And so Samuel, Eli says, Samuel, I haven't called you. Go back to bed. So Samuel goes back to bed. Now this is what blows my mind. Second time. The Lord steps in. Samuel. Yes, I'm, here I am. Now you imagine. Oh God. He's not giving me, he's, this man's lost, he's thinking Eli's lost his mind. Hear what I'm saying. But there's something about a servant. See, a servant knows how important it is what he does. A servant understands I can't play games. A servant says, see, here's our problem. Well, I don't want to do that. You're a servant, honey. You don't have options. Well, I don't like that. A servant don't have an opinion. Well, I don't agree with that. You don't have to. All you've got to do is serve. And for too long and for too much, we have said, hey, I'm a leader and I'm going to lead this and I'm going to lead... And the problem is we got people that are leaders uh, that are not servants. Not being ugly. But what would happen, and I, I know i got to hurry. 
He jumped out of bed. Why? Why did he jump, Pastor? Because he's a servant. It wasn't because Eli had it all together. He was a servant. It wasn't because he thought it was God. That's what blows my mind. He didn't jump because he thought it was God. He ran to Eli and said, here I am. Because here's my point. And I'll hurry. If you thought God was calling your name, how many would jump? It'd be easy to understand why Samuel jumped if he thought God was calling his name. But at this point, he just thinks it's his pastor. He just thinks Eli is calling, but he doesn't hesitate. Uh, he doesn't lollygag around. Uh, he doesn't gripe about coming. Uh, he just, the Bible says, jumps uh, and says, here I am. Stay with me. Why? Because he's a servant. And when you understand that you're a servant, you begin to realize that at this point, I've just got to do what the master says. Stay with me. The third time he says, Samuel, here am I. Thou callest me. You called, here I am. The third time Eli says, go back to bed. It's not me, but God is calling you. And here's where a lot of us are at right now. God is calling you, but it's flesh you're running to. God's calling you come up higher, but you keep running to your flesh. You keep running to your own ideas. You keep running to what you think it is. You keep running to what you, you know, you, you, you've configured out. Well, if I can just get by with this. Well, I think this is good enough. And the flesh will never produce what the Spirit can produce. And at some point when God calls you, you've got to say, Here I am, Lord. Thy servant is listening. Here I am. You see, here was a time where God says, Come up. And Samuel had to realize, All right, here I am, Lord. Lord, here I'm, I'm ears, I'm eyes, whatever you need, God, thy servant is listening. See, when you serve, something changes in your life. And I, I, I understand where we're at, I understand what we talked about today, but I want to help somebody. How many's got some situations you need fixed? One person, two, thank you all for, everybody else is good. Don't call me this week because you said you was good today. <laughs> How many's got some circumstances you need God to fix? How many's got some miracles maybe you need God to work out? How many got some prayers that you need God to answer? Uh, let me help you out. There is something that happens uh, when you begin to serve. Uh, while you're serving God, uh, God says, I'm going to take care of you. Uh, when you're serving in God's kingdom, uh, God has a way uh, of saying, I'll work it out. Uh, you just keep working my kingdom. Uh, you just keep serving. Uh, you just keep pushing through. Uh, you just keep on being a servant. And something miraculous. I've said it a lot. Every, and I say this, I don't know about everybody, but, but everybody wants, and I've told y'all this, everybody wants what I have. They see my nice home, and I do, I have a nice home. They, they see my six acres, and yes, I do, and they see my nice truck, and oh, everybody wants uh, what pastor has. Uh, oh, I gotta have that. I want that. Must be nice, what they say. That's my, I'm gonna put that on my tombstone. It sure was nice. Uh, uh, understand? Uh, and, uh, uh, and the reality of it is, uh, you know, uh, the, the truth of the matter is, uh, is every 
everybody wants it. Uh, but here's, let me tell you how to, can I tell you how to get it and you'll be all right? Uh, you just start serving. Uh, it doesn't matter what it looks like. Uh, it doesn't matter what it sounds like. It doesn't matter what the title is. Uh, you just start serving uh, and you watch how God works things out. I'll show it to you. I was 16 years old and I'll hurry. I was 16 years old. And I don't mind telling you, I, I, I prayed, really prayed through when I was 15, right around there. So by the time I was 16, I was a professional at this. I had been living for God for like a whole year. I mean, 12 full months. And God had called me, and I knew that. And it had been 12 months of praying and fasting and reading and studying. And I could not understand why God wasn't opening doors for me to preach. Because I was banging on heaven. And you know, they'd come through and say, speak to your mountain. Boy, I'd get to that prayer room. Bless God, God opened the door. I command every preacher. I'm going to preach in every church in America. God, everybody got, you know, because I was 16 and I had something to say. And they needed to hear it. And if they would have heard it, I could have fixed them. I was the fix and the world was still dying lost because they wouldn't give me a chance. So I bombarded heaven. I fasted so much, my mom and dad threatened to spank me and ground me and everything else if I fasted another day. I went pray, I'd pray two and three hours a day. God, you have got to open a door and the phone. I didn't understand, Brother Ricky, why these pastors were busy preaching their own selves when they could have called me. I mean, they, I was right there. All they did was pick up the I'd go to, I'd tell my pastor, hey, pastor, uh, uh, you ever need a Sunday off? I'm your man. And he'd just smile and say, okay. I got tired of it. Matter of fact, I got frustrated and mad. I did not understand why God was not opening doors so that I could fix the world. So I went to my pastor and I was mad. And I said, Brother Neelan, I want to talk to you. He said, sure, come on in. I said, I don't understand something. He's watched that. And he got that little smile like, here we go. Like only he can do. And I said, I'm praying two and three hours a day as a 16-year-old. How many 16-year-olds pray two or three hours a day? I'm telling you the truth. I'm praying two or three hours a day at least, sometimes longer than that. I'm fasting three to four days a week. Not bragging. I'm just telling you what I, how desperate I was. And I said, I am fasting, and I am praying. Oh, and I'm paying my tithes. Everybody uses that. Well, I paid my tithes. And I said, I don't understand why God's not opening doors for my ministry. Would you help me, please? Because I'm about to give up. It's been a year. <laughs> I know y'all wouldn't think like that, but I'm just being honest. And I'll never forget. Brother Neal looked at me and said, one thing that blew my mind. And I've, not, I've not shared this with everybody. I shared it this morning. I'm going to share it again here. I don't know if I've ever shared it before that. Not with a group. Maybe one-on-one. -on -one. But he looked at me and he said, Brother Vickery, have you made yourself available? And I'm, I'm being honest with you. I said, well, yeah, I've been telling God all for a year. Here I am. He goes, no, that's not what I mean. He says, let's face it, you're a 16-year-old kid. He says, you got a lot of energy, but not a lot of wisdom. 
He said, but what would happen if you started making yourself available to God? I said, Brother Neal, I don't understand. He said, when's the last time you went to our bus ministry team and said, if you ever need somebody? Now, I couldn't drive a bus. But I went to him and I, he said, when's the last time you went to him and said, if you ever need somebody to ride a bus and keep order on the bus, I'm your man. He said, when's the last time you went to our kitchen crew and said, hey, if y'all ever want a night off and get out here early, I'll clean up for y'all. He said, when's the last time you went to our Sunday school department and said, hey, if you ever short a teacher or need a monitor in a class, I will help you in Sunday school. When's the last time you went to your youth pastor and said, hey, if you ever need help setting up chairs and making sure the sound works before youth service because we had a little place we had to keep setting up and tearing down. Uh, he said, when's the last time you went and said, I'll be your man to help set up. Now, I'm not going to lie to you. My first thought as a 60-year-old, well, that ain't preaching. That was my first thought. And he said, no, you're not going to start preaching. You're going to have to serve. So I did. I went to every ministry. Went to say, hey, if you ever need a sound man. I didn't know nothing about sound. But you know what? I was available. You ever need a bus rider? I couldn't drive, but a rider. I, I didn't know what to do. I didn't. I wasn't very. You know. I'll be honest with you. At 16, I was probably more like 25 in my in my maturity state. I'm just. My wife can tell you, I wasn't one of these young dumb kids. And so, you know, I didn't even like kids. You know, I mean, teenagers drove me nuts because they were all checked out and playing video games. And I was like, hey, give you something with your life. You know, there's more word about the next girl than there was the next move of God, and I, it frustrated me. I'm being honest. And so here he is telling me to go to everyone and say, uh, so here I am, I'll ride a bus. I go to our Sunday school department, hey, I'll teach a class. I go to our nursing home, oh God, the nursing home. And I said, if you ever need someone on Sunday, I'll come and speak or, or help you pray or work the altars at the nursing home if there is such a thing. I didn't know nothing about it. I'm just, if you ever need somebody, I'm available. And finally, I had our, they had our leadership retreat. And I looked at Brother Neal. I said, Brother Neal, I want to go to that retreat. He goes, you're not a leader. I said, I know that. Before <laughs> he told me, he wasn't no, well, bless God, Bubba, you're so great. And I appreciate your passion and your zeal. And you're such an all. He just said, you're not a leader. He didn't pat it none. I'm telling you, y'all couldn't have made it under my pastor. I'm telling you. <laughs> and and it, I said, no, I know that. I just want five minutes. He says, for what? I said, because I want to look at every leader and say I'm available. And he smiled. He says, you're getting it, aren't you? He's all right, I'll give you tonight. Come up tonight. I got to that leadership meeting. He, said, he looked at me just like this. He said, you said five minutes. I said, yes, sir, I want five minutes. He said, you go over, I'm going to pull your coattail. This ain't your, boy, look, he said, this ain't your pulpit to preach. This ain't your opportunity to preach. Understand. You can think I'm crazy. I was sitting by Brother Myers one time and from Paris, Texas. We were sitting at a camp meeting. And, you know, they let these young men lead service. And one man, he, you know, everybody gets up. They start preaching a sermon. They're supposed to lead service. They start preaching. I look over Brother Myers. I said, you know, that's just too much opportunity for a young man. And Brother Myers said, way too much opportunity. You know, because we've been preached to 15 times before the preacher actually gets there. They're just there to lead service. And so he looked at me. He says, this isn't your preaching time. You better get up here and do what you told me you was going to do. I said, yes, sir. And in about 30 seconds, here's what I did. I said, I'm, I'm Brother Vickery. Y'all know that. I'm only 16, but God's got a call on my life. And I'm here to tell every leader in this room. And understand, there's about 80 leaders in this room. I said, I'm here to tell every leader in this room that if you ever need anything for your ministry, I'm your man. 
Now, I wasn't very polished at that time. I didn't know how to speak very well at that time, and I was still working on it. But I looked at it. This is what it really sounded like. I said, hey, I'm Carl Vickery. I'm 16, and if you ever need help with anything you're doing, I'm your man. Set it back down. And then Brother Neelan got up and said what he meant to say, and he polished it up and made it sound real good. You know. But can I tell you, I started working the nursing home. I started teaching Sunday school. Before, I, I started riding a bus route. Uh, I started preaching in youth service and, and helping with, uh, not preaching, I'm sorry. I started doing skits in youth service. And I know y'all are skits. Oh, God, great man of God does a skit. I, I, that's where I started at. I just, I just started doing skits in youth service. And started taking up offering. I started working in the sound. Uh, I started making sure we had clean towels in the baptistry. Why? Because I was available. And when God saw a servant's heart uh, that said, here I am, uh, all of a sudden doors started opening. Uh, it was a about a year later when the, sound, the guy working the tent service quit on us uh, and Brother Nita looked at me and said I want you over that tent. Uh, I would have never got there except I became available and now I've got a place to preach every Saturday night and I'm preaching to the lost uh, all because uh, I was available. But you know what? Uh, as the leader, if you want to call up that of the tent service, uh, guess who packed the tent up? The leader. Guess who brought the generator? The leader. Guess who brought the chairs? The leader. Guess who was responsible for the trailer? The leader. Guess who understand made sure that we had the right music and the right drummer and all? It was the leader. Why? Because it wasn't being the boss. It was about an attitude that said it's going to go because I'm going to serve and I'm not going to quit and I'm not going to give up until I served with everything I got. See, at some point, you've got to decide, I'm going to serve. Think about this for a second. I'll hurry. I, I am really hurrying, I promise. Samuel was young and strong and vibrant. And he could hear a sound that Eli didn't hear. Think about it. God spoke into that place and said, Samuel. And Eli didn't even hear it. Samuel jumps up out of bed because he knows something's okay, Eli, you got me. What do you need? Because he's a servant. Eli is getting older. He's an old man now. His earring is not too good, his eyes are not too good. But Samuel's strong, and Samuel's young, and Samuel's passionate. And the truth of the matter is, uh, when I look across our globe, uh, do you realize that most revolutions, uh, that most great ideas, uh, that most great movements, I want you all to hear me, started with young people. They did not start with elders. Uh, they did not start with elders. Uh, young people changed the face uh, of America. Young people changed the face uh, of their city. Uh, young people changed the face uh, of, uh, understand, of their high school because they heard a voice from heaven that older people could not hear and the truth is if you're young you can hear things that I can't hear you can hear things that elders cannot hear and you can do things that we cannot do and hell's got you convinced I've got to get 40 before I can do something for God hell's got you convinced well I'm just a youth I'm not anything I can't do anything but can I tell you the truth if you can hear from God you can do something that sometimes us elders cannot do and you can change your world I mean 
Oh, God, I, I'm going to try to stay calm. But how many young people could honestly say, I feel like God has got a greater purpose for me. I feel like God has got something better for me. I feel like God has got me something He wants me to do. See, I can't hear it, but you can. I can't understand or see it, but you can. Understand what I'm saying. If you can hear the voice of God, then you can jump up and say, God, here I am. See, what's happened is hell's convinced some of you. You're too young. You hear me? Sidney God's got something great for you. Don't ever let hell convince you that you're too young or you're too this or you're too that. Is there anybody in the sound? Says Felicia, do you ever hear that voice? Say, Felicia, come on up a little bit higher. Lakin, come on up just a little bit higher. Grayson, come on up just a little bit higher. Is there anybody that hears that voice? It says, Jonathan, come on up a little bit higher. And I'm wondering when the next person that hears that voice, you're not going to lollygag and say, I feel like I got something to do. But you're going to jump out of bed and say, Pastor, did you call me? I wonder what would happen if this youth group this year said, hey, I want to hear from heaven. And when I hear from heaven, I'm not going to sit back. I'm not going to sit down. I'm not going to stay, understand, lethargic. But I'm going to jump out of bed and say, Pastor, I've heard from God. Now, now don't, don't, let me help you out. Don't, don't, don't get too crazy. Because Samuel could hear it, but Eli could understand it. Stay with me. Young people, you can't get there without us. You may think you're hot snot and all that and a bag of chips, but the truth is, you need a pastor in your life that when God speaks to you, hey, you you'll hear it uh, before I hear it, uh, but you won't know what to do with it. Uh, he ran to Eli. Eli, surely you've called me the second time. No, I haven't called you, but it took Eli to understand what was. He didn't even hear the voice, uh, but he understood how God works. Uh, and there are some times uh, where a servant has to understand uh, that I've got a master, uh, that I've got somebody over me. Uh, and just because they don't see it uh, the way I see it, uh, they can understand it the way I can't understand it they can help me to know what to do in those times that I don't know what to do oh I know see I'm on the other side of young right now and to 16 year old kids I'm just an old fogey my daughter looked at me the other day she said daddy you realize you're 40 you're like ancient I don't feel ancient, but I understand. But see, you may hear better than I do, but I can understand what you need to do with the call of God on your life. And here's where we're at. Too many young people hear one word from heaven, and then they run out thinking they know what to do and ruin their life because they don't want to listen to authority. They don't want to serve. They want to lead. They don't want to serve. They want to be the boss. They don't want to serve and say, you know what? This is, what, did Samuel, what did Eli tell Samuel? He said, Samuel, go lay back down. Gave him specific instructions. And said, if it happens again, here's what you say. Speak, Lord, for thy servant heareth thee. 
He couldn't have done that without Eli. I'm not being ugly. I'm trying to show us all. It's not a young versus old. It's not an old versus young. They can hear and do things that we couldn't do. I mean, they're probably, I don't know, if God tarries, I know y'all won't believe this, but there's probably going to come a time where I can't stay up to three and get up at five. There's probably going to come a time where I can't sit in that heat all day and cook chickens. I understand what I'm saying? Just being honest with you, I'm not, I'm not down and I'm just, I'm not griping. I, I hope I can do it the rest of my life. But the truth is there's probably going to come a day if God tarries where I can't do the thing. I, you know, there's probably going to come a day where you can take me in wrestling uh, there's probably going to come a day uh, where, where uh, I understand where you can take me in basketball uh, there's probably going to come a day uh, uh, you know realizing uh, uh, believe it or not there will come a day where you'll out preach me uh, but the truth of the matter is uh, understand uh, that in all of your strength and uh, all of your youth uh, you need an elder to speak into your life uh, and say this uh, is how you handle what God is trying to do uh, this is how you handle what God is trying to work out uh, and at some point, uh, it starts with serving. I don't mind telling you, I was dead tired last night. I had a funeral I had to do. We did the battle of the bags. Cooked chicken the night before. Rode four-wheelers with some group of guys all day Friday. Drove from Oklahoma on Wednesday. Preached Wednesday night. Was in the office meetings all day Thursday. Preached Thursday night. And I don't mind telling you, my wife can tell you, about 8 o'clock last night, I just shut the door and said, y'all can have it. I'm going to bed. They don't want to hear. And here's what's got to happen. Eli began to serve Samuel when he could no longer do what Samuel could do. He didn't quit. He didn't die. He didn't give up. He just started pushing the next generation. He just started serving. But it took a servant named Samuel to say, Eli. He didn't look at Eli and say, I'm not saying that. That sounds stupid. You imagine looking at a young man and say, look, here's what I want you to say. Speak, Lord, for thy servant heareth thee. I mean, he's a teenager. I imagine he thought, dear God, that, I, I just want to, hey, what's up, Jesus? Yeah. Samuel, Eli said, no, 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 no. God's speaking to you, boy. He's not your buddy. Say this. Speak, Lord, for thy servant heareth thee. I wonder what would happen this afternoon, and I'm hurrying to a close. If we became servants, Sister Allen, Sister Hatcher, I don't know which one of y'all is the oldest, but one of y'all is. <laughs> Sister Allen's the oldest, okay. From the oldest to the youngest, what if we got an attitude that I'm a servant? Because I would hope, Sydney, that if God ever calls you to come a little higher, the sister Martha, she could come up and say, I feel God draw me. And you could say, here's what you need to do. And it wouldn't be nothing crazy. It would be the right thing to do. Sister Allen, she could say, Sister Allen, I feel like God is wanting me to do this. And you could say, well, here's the right way to do it. Does that make sense? What would happen if we begin to serve 
and you begin to serve. And the next time God spoke, we all just jumped out of bed, so to speak, and said, here I am, Lord. Here I am, Lord. What could really happen in this church? God, help me. What could really happen in this church? We can all stand. I'm almost done. Y'all can turn around. Stay there, Sister Ruth. Just turn around and look at me. Y'all look at me. I want everybody looking this way. Thank you, Sister Ruth. I'm not being rude to you. You're fine. I I don't want you to think I'm being rude to you or disrespectful. But what would happen? Brother Ricky, come here a second. You're kind of like me. You're not old yet, but you're not young either. We just kind of stuck there. (laughs) But what would happen, Bubba? I know hell would love to say, you don't have nothing to offer. Get out of here. Just sit down and hush. I'm sure that hell's probably looked at some of you and said, just just hush. You're too old. You're too old-fashioned. Just get out of here. Sit down. What would happen if we looked at hell and said, I'm still serving? I'm not over yet. I'm not finished yet. I'm still serving. Maybe I can't cook chicken all night. I mean, if we're not careful, I'm going to get old. Y'all going to put me out to pasture. I don't want to go out to pasture. Just because I can't cook chicken all night don't mean I can't do nothing. Just because I can't, you know, bench press a Buick anymore doesn't mean that I can't do anything. What would happen? Brother Jerry, you're doing a good job leading service. And you know what? What if one day Brother Jonathan walked up and said, hey, Brother Jerry, I'd like to lead service. I feel like God's wanting me to do something like that. And you was able to say, listen, here's what you do. Because I wish I'd have had somebody say, look, don't act like you're all that. It's not going to get you anywhere. You don't barge in Brother Neelan's office and say, this is what I'm going to do. It could have saved me a lot of hard conversations if I'd have listened. But what would happen if we all started serving? I want to open the altars, and they're about to sing. And I wanted you all here to lead the way, if that makes sense. And I know it sounds crazy, but what would happen if we led the way to an altar that said, look, I don't want to get sideways. I don't want to lose sight of what's really happening. God's called me to serve. I want to serve. I'll start in the sound booth. I'll start in the nursery. I'll start in the kitchen. I'll start in a Sunday school class. But you know what? This is my church and God's calling me to serve. I wonder if there's a young person that would say, you know, I've been feeling. I, there's no way y'all sung what you sung, and I've had this since yesterday, last night. Understand, it's, it's not accidental this morning or this afternoon. I understand. I wonder if there's a young person saying, you know, I, I've been hearing something calling me higher. I haven't known what to do with it. I, I haven't known how to handle it. But, but I hear that, that God's wanting to do something in my life. Instead of focusing on the title, what if we said, I know what it is now. God's wanting me to serve. I didn't say sing the solo. I said serve. 
at the end of the day, that's all we can do. And so as they begin to sing, I know each of you that are elders in this room, and I know I left two back there because of their health, but they should be up here too. Or they're in spirit, they're up here too. But the truth is, there's elders in this house that maybe y'all, maybe y'all think I'm crazy, but am I telling the truth? When it comes down to it, you just have to serve. Whatever God wants you to do. Doesn't matter if you like it. Doesn't matter if it makes sense. Don't matter if you even think you can do it. If God thinks you can do it, that's enough. If God has enough confidence to call you, then that's enough. And the truth is, what would happen in this house if some elders said, we're not through serving yet, but we'll help you to start serving. We'll start serving you to help you find your way. We'll start serving you to help you get where God's calling you to be. We'll start serving you because we're not done serving. And what would happen if there was some young people that said, hey, we want to serve. We're not here to mess up your church. We're not here to embarrass you. We're not here to have our way only. We just want to answer the call of God on our lives. Help us to serve. As they begin to sing, I open the altar right now to anybody that would say, I want to serve. Maybe you get with an elder and say, pray with me. I want to serve. Maybe you find an older man or an older lady and say, hey, I know you've made it a long time. Help me to be a servant. Help me to serve the Lord with all of my heart. That's it. Come to an altar in the name of the Lord. Elders, lead the way. Elders, lead the way. And say, hey, we're going to serve together. We're going to serve together in the name of Jesus. In the name of the Lord. In the name of the Lord. and I'm done I promise give me your ears for just a minute Isaiah said they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength if waiting was to just be sitting back with your arms folded and your legs crossed and saying I'm just waiting on God I think we've missed something let me show you if that's all waiting on the Lord was I'm trying to show you how to properly wait on the Lord if that's all waiting was, was just come on, slow, lay back in my lounge chair and go to sleep and wait on God. If that's all it was, then why does the second part of the verse even exist? Because the second part says, you shall run and not be weary. You shall walk and not faint. You know what that tells me? You go look it up in the Hebrew if you want, but you know what that tells me? It's actually in Aramaic, so just so you know. But you know what that tells me? That waiting on God is not sitting back with my arms and legs folded hoping God shows up. Sister Ruth, waiting on God is making as much peanut brittle as I can make as long as God gives me strength and letting God work everything else out. You know what it is? Waiting on God is running and understanding everything the church is doing and everything the kingdom of God has going on. I'm just going to be available and start serving and I'm going to run and not grow weary. I'm going to walk and I'm going to not faint. And through it all, when it's all over, God's going to renew my strength.
I cannot tell you this. I'm not bragging and they're going to sing. I've had so many people over my life say, I don't know how you do it. Can I get real with you? I don't know either except this. I just keep doing what God's got me to do. And somehow he just takes care of everything I've got to do. I just take care of his kingdom. And he just gives me strength. Because he says, if you'll take care of me, I'll take care of you. And that's how, Brother Andrew, if I'm going to wait on God, he didn't mean for me to sit and do nothing. Waiting is running and not growing weary. Waiting is walking and not growing faint. I wonder as they begin to sing now, if you'd look at that elder young person and say, pray for me. I want to learn how to wait. I want to have the strength that you have. When I'm 79, I want God to say you're still there. I want a church to know that God has strengthened me. That God has helped me. Would you right now all across the house say I want to serve like I've never served. I want to mount up like I've never mounted up. That's it. Come on, all across the house. Begin to pray right now. All across the house. Begin to pray right now. In the name of Jesus. Well, thank you today for joining us. I hope you come back for our next episode. Stay tuned. Go ahead and hit subscribe. There's more to come. And if you want to see more information about our churches, go to ctministries.org. Like us on Facebook. I'm Andrew Emerson. I'll see you next time.